Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. As you know, my name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now this week I am coming to you from CD Sunday, which is a seed swapping event held in Brighton annually and it is the UK's largest and longest running seed swapping event. I'm going to go and explore this event, so let's find out what I've been up to on the allotment this week. But today is Friday the 3rd of February 2023 today and I'm down on the allotment which is quite unusual for a Friday. Now I had uh, planned this week because I am busy on Sunday and less time on the allotment or in the garden. My plan was I was going to come down every evening to the allotment on the way home from work and just do a little bit of work. Now that's a good plan. The evenings now, it's five o'clock, it's still just about light and I could probably manage a sort of 10, 20 minute session every day on the allotment. Unfortunately, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I had one of my migraines. So <laughs> I lost those three days from being down on the allotment. So Thursday and Friday instead, I have came down here. It's quite dark at the moment because I have been spending a bit more time down here this evening. Now, the first thing that I've been doing basically is hoeing through some of these empty beds. We're getting close to the time of year when we can start putting our beds into use, of course. But what I always try and remember is that if we are constantly hoeing through the beds, especially when they are empty they will never show a weed because they do not have a chance to establish. Now, some of our beds are, of course, covered over, as I said last week. So those beds don't need any hoeing. But the other beds, particularly the carriage beds and the bean beds, regular hoeing is paying off. Now, on the carriage beds, what I've also had to do is add some lime to these beds. We are going to be starting to plant out some brassicas in the next couple of months and we're adding lime to the soil to adjust the pH to make them a bit more suitable for brassicas. This is very easy to do, just shake on a bit of garden lime and then I always like to water it in so it gets down into the ground. Nothing complicated but always worth doing. Now, while I still had a bit of light, something else that I've been doing is potting together the glass for the newer greenhouse. As you know, I've got the second greenhouse this year, which I really want to get into use in this growing season. Particularly at the moment when I feel we could be growing some more radishes and items like that. So I put the glass into place and I'm really looking forward to getting this greenhouses up and running. Early growing season is certainly upon us. Now the apple tree that I had to get staked up last week, that is doing really well. That hasn't moved at all, it is nice and straight, so that is a really good job accomplished last week. And all the bits of black membrane that I placed down on the beds last week, they're also still in place and are hopefully down there stopping the weeds from growing. We won't know just how successful it is until we peel it back in the middle of March. So, yeah, not much to really report from the allotment, as you can hear. But I'm hoping next weekend we're going to have a good day on the allotment, finding the weather is good. Now, as I said, we are at CD Sunday on Sunday, so I'm going to share with you the first part of my day at CD Sunday.
Well, we've had a bit of an explore around this CD Sunday event, and you may have picked up, I've said we. That is because I am joined today by the one, the only, Lee Connolly from Skinny Gin Gardner. Lee, great to see you as always. Yes, who's back? Back <laughs> again. Yeah, good to see you, my friend. Yeah, I can't remember when we last had you on the podcast, but... Uh, Could have been long ago, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of the most regular guests. But we came to this event in 2020 last, and we said then it's almost like the first show of the season. It's very, very early on in this sort of growing season, but it sets you up. It feels like, it, for me, it's like the one... It's like... Um, if it's good in my diary, it's like straight after this, I feel like I can start sowing some seeds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like all, all through January, I'm like ready and raring to go. And then like you head to Seedy Sunday, it's like it's go time. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely sets the season up, certainly the seed sowing. And it just feels the right time to hold it. I know this is obviously a very local one being in Brighton. You've travelled down from Essex today for it. But there are seed swap events that go on all around the country. And I've been to some bad ones, but this is a good one. But if you do have a local seed swap listener to the listener, of course, then please do go along and see if you can get involved. Now, we've, um, we've, we've had a bit of a wander around. I would say this event is much smaller than it was in 2020. Obviously, 2020 was just before COVID, and that has had a very bad knock-on effect with these sort of events. So again, they need our support. They need us to go along and get involved. It's in a new location as well compared to normal. But one thing we've noticed is that the actual seed swap event itself, with the seed swap tables, we are actually get able to get into the seeds weren't we yeah in the past it. it was very crammed you got yourself some seeds what did you get i got myself some chilies i also got myself uh, some a pump some pumpkins some small pumpkins yes because you're growing the smallest garden smallest garden i thought uh, i'd grow some small pumpkins as well in there too which is good because there's some of the things that i still hadn't um gone out and got mainly for seed wise and um yeah, yeah it's good to be able to to grab some and also quite a reasonable cost and if I thought about it I know it's a seed swap I didn't bring any seeds to swap but if I thought about it I could go for nothing well I, I should just iterate how it really works is that we're not actually buying seeds because that would technically be illegal oh yeah yeah we're yeah. donating to the event for the seeds yeah well done lawyer yeah I've got to make sure but if we I mean I could have brought some of I've got a huge collection of seeds could have brought some of my old old seeds that I don't need along I say old as in a year old yeah um, but the idea and I like this idea the idea behind it is that people are actually growing whatever plants but they're saving the seeds and swapping those seeds so you could be growing your own broad beans for example and you're saving a few of those seeds to share which I really do like that idea of keyword sharing is quite nice isn't it yeah yeah we've sat in one of the talks because there are talks going on and in the meantime and there was a talk on about seed saving and seed sharing who unfortunately the person couldn't actually be here in person so it had to be done over the internet which but that's purely she planned to be here she booked tickets but the train and then the coach had let her down but this talk still went ahead and i came out of that this is something that I felt when we were watching this this talk, I'm always going on about we should be growing our own food. That's the, the basis of a podcast. But 
hearing that, it reminded me of the other things that go on. It's not just about growing our own food. It's also about saving that heritage as well. And if we can save our own, own seeds, we're all that more self-sufficient. The community aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that came across to you as well. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the biggest things for me is, from especially from that talk, like I say, is instead of just going going out and buying some seeds go and actually sharing what other people in your local area are already growing because I know I'm not from obviously down down this way but there's a lot of people obviously from Brighton which this is sort of a central point where everyone can come together and say well this is what I grew last year why don't you ever go it and if you're growing if they had success in that area last year then you're bound to have success with those seeds this year Yes, because it's keeping that almost genetics. And I've said this when I grow, like one example would be garlic. I used to save a bulb, my largest bulb, each year to grow on and get bigger and bigger. Yeah. It did work for a while, but then it did lose something and just went smaller and smaller. So we've started afresh with that. But the idea being, you do save these seeds. And I'll go back to World War Two with that. We often forget that during World War Two everybody was growing their own food and saving seeds was something that they probably had to do as well yeah it's really i think it's important important part of of gardening which if i'm totally honest with you a few years ago i never really thought about until i started doing stuff with kids about saving seeds it's like it was just like oh just go buy some it's easy but actually it's really an important part of it and you know we should learn to save seeds store them um and share them definitely definitely now, there are several different areas. We spoke about the seed swap. There's the talks, which I think are the two main things that we are here for. Mm-hmm. We did pay a £4 entrance fee, which I don't think is bad, to be honest. Uh, parking is the biggest problem because it is bright, and that's not CD Sunday's fault. It's just the way Brighton works. They want people to catch a train in or coaching. Not always that easy, but that is the way it is. We had to park about half a mile away and have a quick walk to get here which we don't mind no. we're fit enough but it is a slight problem for those who may be less abled shall we say but there were two other areas one is the, the canteen the tea coffee refreshment area where we've just had a really nice sausage roll as oh, yes. said um nice cup of tea as well and then there is the market which again is much smaller than it has been in previous years it's a sign of what covid has done but there are people selling plants and we saw some moss art which looked really interesting it did look good actually it's a bit out of my price range but it's very um it's very it was beautiful to look at yeah so i just described what we were seeing they were basically picture frames that may have had some driftwood or something stuck on it but also moss and it just sort of painted a picture, almost like painting with moss. Yeah, yeah. Very, very clever. But way out of my price range. But <laughs> again, I feel this is garden related. You know, my beef. Sometimes when we go to shows or events, and they're selling holidays or beds and things that have nothing to do with garden. There's none of, garden that show. There's none of that here. It's all garden related or plant related. One thing I really liked is I know we both got some strawberries, and one thing that I come away feeling. Um, really good about buying some strawberries from that lady was that she was the one that grew them and I think that I really like story and plants and I think there's always a nice story behind it and I kept hold of her leaf I'm going to talk about it whenever I'm I'm talking about them strawberries because she's the one that rather than just saying oh I got them from the garden centre or I got them from one of the the big sheds you actually know the person that has cared for them and is selling them or 
or donating them. Yeah, she has a, a pitch in Stammer Park, which last year you and I had a walk around Stammer yeah. Park where they got one garden, a, a huge garden, one by a college, which was great to go and see. Um, and But we had a wander around and there was all these little privately owned or rented areas. I mean, they're probably about an acre each, I would say. They were quite large. And she had one of those. And she grew her own strawberries and she was selling on some of the runners here today. And I tell you what, these strawberry plants look better than my own strawberry plants. Yeah. And they were grown outside. So I'm, I brought two of the pristine varieties and two of the Cambridge varieties. I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on. You brought five of the pristine varieties. I went all in. All in. And <laughs> looking forward to seeing how they grow as well. And I know Olive, your daughter, loves the strawberries. Well, that is one of the, as you know, that would be one of the reasons I got them. And also, it's so funny that the other day I cleared some of my strawberry beds and I didn't realise how many strawberries had unfortunately either died or disappeared and I needed yeah. more strawberries so I love it I love it so much it's um like I say it's all about story for me so it's nice yeah definitely definitely and this is one of the things that I like about these local events is that you do get people who are local growers that I'm going to sound a bit like the person on the talks it's not run by the big four agricultural companies it is local people growing local produce uh, which I you know I do like and I, th- I feel I've lost that connection in the last couple of years with covid yeah you know, so many problems yeah something like this is not run by money it's run by passion and i love that yeah yeah everybody who works here is volunteers but i think for now we are going to go and listen to another one of the talks maybe even two talks so uh we're going to go and do that why don't you find out what's been happening on my vegetable plot at home Today is Saturday the 4th of January 2024 and today has been a day in the plot at home. Now this weekend obviously my time is limited of going to see the Sunday tomorrow. So as I said yesterday the allotment work happened throughout the evenings this week. Thankfully the evenings are just getting a little bit lighter. But today was a day doing some work in the garden at home. Now I do find that the garden at home Because it's right outside my back door, I probably don't focus on it enough in many ways. It's all too easy that there's a lot of distractions going on indoors, it's warmer, etc, etc. So that's why I sometimes feel an allotment has an advantage. But here at home, I decided it was time to really crack on with the front garden. So I got my pickaxe out and I have dug up a row of these privet trees at long, long last. There's still the row on the very, very front to go, which are the bigger trees. They're gonna be a bit of a problem, but I've got at least the majority out now and I can really start moving some of our our plants out there. Once I've had a tidy up over next weekend, start moving some of our fruit plants out to the front garden, the driveway garden, and get those, get that garden productive. Now after that I came out to the vegetable garden and ran around with the hoe a few times, just tidied everything up and Roxy, my dog, was helping. She started sort of digging through some of the beds to try and help with the hoe. And luckily there's the beds that she was doing that in, there is nothing growing in. So we're going to have to fence a lot of the beds off so she doesn't do that. But one thing I wanted to do today was to sow some peas. Now, I'm a big lover of peas, and I'm trying to grow some early 
uh, than normal. Now I know a few people do sow peas at this present moment in time and there are certain varieties that it's possible to sow but they do need a bit of protection. So I have sown my peas in a big pot that is going to live inside my greenhouse where hopefully they will continue to grow once they germinate. They sowed, so that should be good. This variety is called Feltum Early, so it's a very early variety of peas, and uh, fingers crossed it's going to pay off. My greenhouse, however, is getting very, very full, and I am watering in there almost daily at the moment to try and keep everything going. We've got a lot of plots in plants which are starting to spring into life. We've got seeds which are starting to germinate. The cauliflower, the, the Brussels sprouts are starting to germinate. So things are moving forward in the greenhouse. Now I also want to add some strawberries in the greenhouse. But because of space, I decided to grow these strawberries in hanging baskets. Last year I brought a load of discounted strawberry plants which I did pot up at the time and what I've done today is just pot a couple of hanging baskets in the greenhouse into which I've potted up some of these strawberry plants. The idea being they will produce early fruit this year then they'll go on to produce runners which I will then try and get into more hanging baskets as we move the strawberry plants out and about. Generally speaking strawberries live for about three years or are productive for three years I should say. So by growing them in hanging baskets they're easier to pot on, easier to use the runners and come the end of the three years they end, then end up in the compost bin which should in theory make it easy to keep track of. Now I know there's going to be a lot of debate on that of course but uh, this is definitely what I find and the only downside I see with growing strawberries in hanging baskets is that they are going to need quite a bit more watering. Not a problem we have got plenty of water. So yes it's been a very productive day the front garden is really coming along here at home. Now I am going to head you back to CD Sunday to finish off this podcast. We're back at CD Sunday now and Lee is with me. We have come to the end of the day. It's been a really, really good day. We just came out of a couple of talks. Lee, have you enjoyed yourself? I've had a beautiful day, mate. It's been actually, I always love coming and do this sort of stuff and seeing you and coming to different events and this event especially to start the year off. But uh, this has uh, been really great. Some amazing talks this year. I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Yeah, so some of the talks. We sat in earlier about the seed collection in London, which I'm kind of came away thinking perhaps we should start our own seed saving community up with the podcast um, and what have you but I'll have to look into the legal side of that. We saw another talk which is like a gardener's question time which always they do this every year it's always quite interesting to hear the questions particularly like the use of coffee grounds and things. Definitely you can guarantee a garden question time it ain't a gardener's question time I should say without talk about slugs. Yeah of course. But that, that was a really good one. But the last talk that we've just sat in on, I've came out of there feeling really, really inspired. Fascinating, right? Yeah. And that was Charles Dowding talks about his, his garden, homemakers, market garden, um, no dig, of course. And I can see why he's so popular. Seeing him on stage today was fascinating. Yeah, he's come across a really nice guy. And, I mean, obviously really knowledgeable about that part of gardening, which I think is a, a great lesson. Yeah, 
Yeah. And what I took away, I was watching some of his techniques, his methods, and I'm thinking, you know, he's talking so much sense. I know I go on about no dig, which I was doing for years, about the multi-sown and using all the space and sowing at the right times. Somebody just said as we were leaving, he's very well organised, and I think that is where a lot of it comes. Which brings me to saying I said at the beginning of the year, of keeping records. Yeah, it makes it really easy. I think I think that just shows you, like, no dig is actually really easy. It yeah. just takes organisation. Yeah, yeah. So And to keep the records to learn when's the right time to sow your seeds and everything else like that. But added to that, it's a bit of a preview for next week we actually have Charles Dowding on the podcast no so, way really yeah, talking about his new book so exciting exciting times for that I don't normally like to announce what I'm doing next week but I thought this week I would because it just seemed to fit now I always like to finish off the podcast with a recipe and this recipe actually came in from Jonathan who's actually shared recipes with me before right. now last week I spoke about we've got quite a few eggs which I'm on the understanding that eggs are becoming difficult to uh, get in supermarkets. It's a bit of a shortage at the moment of eggs. I was actually at the supermarket the other day and the shelves were clean. There was nothing there. Well, with our three chickens, we're getting plenty of eggs at the moment. Last week I did a quiche recipe. I'm trying to make a quiche each week just to take to work for lunch. But Jonathan messaged me and he shared pickled egg recipe. Have you ever eaten pickled eggs? I have. I didn't say I liked them, but I have. <laughs> I quite like pickled eggs with a, with a fish and chips sort of thing. Uh, but what he said, he makes his own pickling vinegar with 500ml of malt vinegar, 500ml of cider vinegar. Bring it to a boil with a bit of sliced garlic, coriander seeds, peppercorns, dried chilies, anything else you fancy to add a bit of flavour. Then turn the heat down and let it infuse for five, 15 minutes. Then pack boiled eggs into a sterile jar that's suitable for vinegar and then add that spicy pickled vinegar leave it for about two weeks i think to let the eggs pickle and then what he enjoys is about 5 p.m on a weekend with a pale ale of course absolutely delicious i've got to say so i'm going to be trying that pickled egg recipe out myself that is it for this week lee thanks so much for coming down today and joining me on cd sunday if you have enjoyed this podcast then please do leave us a review on your podcast service ultimately if you also want to support this podcast then please consider becoming a supporting member for that i charge five pound a month and you get extra behind the scenes podcasts as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door each and every month details on that are at the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk at, while you're at the vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk, you can leave me a, a comment on the bottom of a blog post or you can leave me a voicemail, which is a good use of the website. And also, you can drop me an email, richard at the vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk. And finally, don't forget to follow me on social media. We will be back again next week, so until then, please take care. <laughs>